Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. The Telegraph. the Telegraph Podcasts Hello and welcome. You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. I'm your host, Charlie Gowans Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. Fashion month is over, and for once I don't have a suitcase half unpacked on my floor. My plants are actually watered, and there's food in my fridge. We do have one little bit of Fashion Week left over, though, because I caught up with this week's guest when she was in town for London Fashion Week. Eva Chen is the head of fashion partnerships at Instagram, which basically means there's nothing she doesn't know about fashion on Instagram. But before she made the leap over to social media, Eva used to work in magazines. She was beauty editor at Teen Vogue and editor-in-chief of Lucky Magazine in New York, the youngest ever editor-in-chief, handpicked by Anna Wintour, no less. We spoke about her favourite people on Instagram, the term influencer, and her view on putting her children on social media. She was an early adopter of Instagram, and while most of us were still struggling to get our heads around this visual platform, Eva was using it to her advantage. I started by asking her when she knew Instagram was going to be such a big deal. My background is that I I came from magazine editorial. I worked in magazines for about a decade. And, you know, as, as a magazine editor, I would go to events for, I was a beauty editor specifically, so I would go to events for lipsticks or mascara launches, and it would just be like information overload. You know, we'd be sitting at these tables with uh, dermatologists and models and just a really wide variety of different types of people. And my personality is like, I always like the show and tell aspect. Like I love sharing. I'm an oversharer even before Instagram existed. Like I'm that kind of person that if you stop me in New York city and ask me like, what's your favorite pizza place? Or I'm looking for like Mulberry street. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, there's this amazing pizza on the streets called Ruberosa. You have to go there. And so when Instagram came out, I just saw it as an opportunity to share, um, more about what I did. Um, and I think it helped that I came, was working at a teen publication at the time, Teen Vogue. So, you know, and kind of being able to share the day-to-day of my life. And so I never really, like, I, I just took to it so quickly because I think that a picture, like, images are universal. You can speak any language and you can be any age and you can kind of, like, get something out of a, a photograph um, and as well a video. And so I guess for me... Um, fashion was always very progressive on Instagram. Like, you know, some of the biggest fashion houses, including like, I'm looking at a Burberry, um, like shopping bag right now, like a Burberry, um, or even like a Givenchy or a Balmain, like they jumped on Instagram very quickly because they understand, they, 
so much of fashion is told through imagery and pictures always. Um, and so I never really was like, oh gosh, like I'm going to work at Instagram because I know it's going to be big, but just because it was a product and a thing that I like loved so much and it felt very natural for me. So all, uh, the transition from going from a magazine into Instagram felt quite natural because I understood like all the features already. And when I started hearing about like, oh, this is a new feature, that's a new feature. I was like, oh my God, as like a crazy intense, like power user of Instagram, I would love this. Um, and some of the features like for me, like, you know, we just launched um, the ability to tag people in video. That was something that like from the day I started, basically I was like, we can tag people in photos. Like we have to be able to tag people in videos too, because if I'm doing a, you know, a fun video, like, you know, workout video with a friend, like I want to be able to tag her so that she has it show up in her videos of her. So little things like that, but it's like the team there is so inspiring and so smart. Um, and I love hearing, um, all the different perspectives globally about the way different people use Instagram as well. But were you based solely in print then when you were working in magazines? Or were you? I know you were quite active I, on social media. I pretty much was a, a pure print editor, mm. yeah. So um, I had a digital pres- presence in that I remember when I was at Condé Nast, I was like the first beauty editor to kind of start like a beauty blog. Like I had a column in Teen Vogue, a print magazine called Beauty Blogger, which is kind of funny, but like <laughs> writing in first person about my experience kind of in a bloggy voice, I guess. Um, but I was primarily a print editor. Um, and I overlapped with digital in that, like, you know, I worked closely with um, the social media team. Um, actually, the person I worked with at Teen Vogue, who ran social for Teen Vogue, actually works with me now, Virginia Nam. Um, but I, I wasn't, I didn't have jurisdiction over it, no. Um, but I think for me, just like, I always loved social and I always loved kind of sharing on Instagram. It was just always baked into my personality. What do you think is going to happen to print media? Is this, is Instagram going to replace it completely? Yeah. I don't, what would you like to see happen? It's funny because I think that there is like much brouhaha about, you know, um, the sky is falling, print is going away. I still subscribe to, I think about... 13 print magazines which I think is kind of a lot and but it's like I love it like every night before I go to sleep I read a print book like you can see like next to my bed there's like a giant like 14 pound YA teen book but still I'm reading a book called King of Scars it's like really good there's a map in it like anytime a book has a map in it (laughs) and then like a shapeshifter I'm like I mean I'm gonna read that that always makes me think of the um did you have those as a kid where you would choose, you'd make a decision? Oh yeah. You choose your own adventure. Exactly. Yeah. I love the choose your own adventure <laughs> books. Um, but like, I, I believe that print is here to stay. I believe that print, um, and Instagram coexist really nicely together because actually it's a way I follow, um, you know, for instance, like Vogue Japan and, uh, British Vogue on Instagram. And I do feel like it's a way for a, a, a regional or local publication to reach an international audience. So, I mean, I know the beauty editor of Vogue Japan through Instagram. I'm following these people and seeing their careers. I followed Edward Enenful for so many years before I even met him in person. Um, and so I think it's a way to kind of um, be, have, have reach everywhere. I mean, Vogue US, if you think of it as an example, I don't know what their exact circulation is. I think it's about 1.5 million, but on Instagram, they have 20 million followers and they're able to tell a whole different layer of stories through Instagram. So, um, and, and the kind of images that, that, you know, 
an influencer is doing on Instagram is different from an amazing shoot that like a David Sims or a Willie Vanderpeer are, are doing on Instagram. It's like a different kind of set of collaborators. Um, and print is so much about like the dream, the finished image, whereas Instagram, a lot of it is about behind the scenes and kind of a little bit more raw and not, not so perfect. How do you use it? How do I use Instagram? Oh my God. Like, I use it maybe too much, <laughs> like, uh, according to my mom, <laughs> she's like, you share everything. And I'm like, that's just like my personality. You know, I've always been that way. I, um, feel like I feel so lucky to live in like New York and then come to places like this, London, like one of my favorite cities in the world. And I like to share like the kind of funny, weird behind the scenes things. Like one of my favorite places in the world is Boots. Like I, and I literally was waiting online at 10.55 a.m. this morning outside of Boots waiting to get in. And that's the kind of thing I share on my Instagram stories. Um, just kind of like behind the scenes kind of things that like you wouldn't know about me um, perhaps. Um, and just kind of showing those raw, authentic moments. And I do feel like Instagram's not a new platform at this point. It's been around for almost nine years. It's 1 billion people, nine years. Um, and the kind of way that people have used it has changed a lot. So that kind of like really perfect, really composed picture where it looks like it could be editorial, like that's not what we're seeing resonate on Instagram, especially amongst like teen and youth audiences. Like what people want is the behind the scenes. They want to feel like they're there with someone seeing through their eyes. So if the photo's not perfect, so what? Post it anyway. If it's slightly blurry, that's fine. If you're not looking at the camera, who cares? Like, um, I, I do think that's the new trend in Instagram and what we're seeing, especially a lot among like the mega influencers and the mega like folks, like they're showing kind of the more behind the scenes and the sense of humor because it's less pressure on everyone. And that's also what people like go to Instagram for anyway, because if you remember like your content as someone on Instagram is next to someone's sister there, you know, they follow, might follow their university on Instagram. They might follow their coworker. Um, and yes, they follow brands and they follow huge personalities, but they also follow like a lot of friends and like people that they have actual connections with. And so I, that's my personal theory on why the more kind of behind the scenes content does better, even in the fashion world, which is all about the mega produced images, because it feels like you're there and it lives more harmoniously amongst like your best friend and like your cousin who just had a baby. It makes more sense there and is more likely to get the like. And you share images of your children and mm -hmm. I have friends that fall into both camps. Me too. And yeah. some friends who share every minute mm -hmm. and I can see you know, constant stories yeah. of their kids and some who won't share anything mm -hmm. or they'll put like a sticker over their face. Yeah, they'll put a heart over their face. Exactly. exactly. I guess for you, you kind of have to lead by example, right? But have you I ever... Mean, no, I mean, like for me, it's like, I think it's a very um, personal decision. Just like when you become a parent, like no one gives you like, I wish someone would do this, like gives you a guidebook that's like how to be a parent 101. Even if you think about something like screen time, like television, like every parent has different opinions on how they would do it. And I really think like showing your kids on Instagram is a very personal decision. Like I do it because like, I mean, I feel bad saying this because like, yes, Instagram is my full-time job, but like my kids are on my brain all the time. Like that is my real job in life is to be a parent. And it gives me so much joy. And I'm going to try not to cry while talking about this because I always miss my kids during fashion week, especially for me, I think it would be strange for me not to share that because it's like, and it's a personal decision, but I have many close friends, um, who they'll put a heart sticker over their face or like you wouldn't know they had kids. I had one friend who 
literally did not show she didn't people didn't even know she was pregnant until like two years later she like showed a picture of her child but like and she covered his face and I respect that so I think that people with as with everything else on Instagram you kind of have to do what's right for you like for me like well, it helps that I don't really go to the beach ever, but like there aren't that many pictures of me like in a bathing suit cavorting on a beach. Like, you know, like I've had two kids, like maybe I don't feel comfortable with that personally. Um, but I have plenty of friends who will like post pictures of themselves like with black bars over their body, you know, and showing everything. It just like, it really depends what you're comfortable with. Um, and, and that's the, that's the thing. Like we do have a guide on our, um, on our, on our blog, uh, a parent's guide to kind of help people understand like how to talk to your kids about Instagram, et cetera. Um, but it is a really personal decision. And I think that's the best way to kind of go about it. Do your kids understand Instagram? Do they kind of get My it? kids are so young, like two and four. So like they're kind of, they don't, I don't think they really understand any much about uh, social media at all. Um, they are at the phase where they understand like dinosaurs and like candy. <laughs> and like my daughter just started understanding like the concept of birthday parties and like <laughs> stuff like that. So like not really, um, but uh, I think many kids are really interested in screens because it's like bright and shiny and like lights up like a toy. Um, but like they don't really get much screen time, which is why when they get in front of a TV, they literally are like, like, you know, zombies. And my friends are like, we can tell you don't really let your kids watch a lot of TV because when they come over and our TV is on, they literally just like sit there, they're transfixed, but that's neither here nor there. There's been quite a lot of talk in the media at the moment about images that are kind of dangerous yes. for young people on social mm-hmm. media, across all social media. And that's a really difficult thing mm-hmm. to police. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the answer if you have I mean, <laughs> honestly, like, I, I mean, hearing the news about the, the young woman, Molly, I, I think her name was, mm-hmm. that the news did come over, you know, to the U.S. It was like, especially speaking as a mom, it was like heartbreaking. I, I cried in the office when I heard about it. Um, it's just so sad um, and tragic. You know, I, I think there is a responsibility for every company, not just Instagram, to kind of um, play a part in it. And immediately upon, upon hearing about the, the, the tragic news, you know, our, the head of Instagram, Adam, came over here and we started making changes immediately. Um, and I think that, it, that, that I, I do think that was necessary um, and the right response. It's hard because like, I mean, I worked at a teen publication before coming to Instagram and the how pervasive bullying is on and off digital media. It's like bullying has always been around and self-harm has always been around. Like I was the health editor at Teen Vogue. So I like personally supervised so many articles about cutting and um, eating disorders and pills. And it's, it's, but it, it, it should, we are working on ways to limit it and it's not going to happen overnight, but it's something that Instagram is taking extremely seriously. Like Instagram tries is trying and has the desire to be the safest platform you know out there and so we have tools like comment moderation which is like different from what we're talking about of course but the ability to filter out comments that might encourage negative thinking or negative behavior um, like hate speech um, and things like that so like you know it is going to be a step-by-step process but um, the the company it's something that they take incredibly serious like incredibly seriously 
And is this kind of thinking what's behind the new regulations for transparency for fashion influencers? And because there is this kind of ideal life that you can see on Instagram, right. and that might be for for people who have kind of no contact with a life like that. Mm-hmm. That could maybe make you feel less than totally. Is that why you want people to be more transparent <coughs> about what's a gift and what's sponsored? And yeah, I do think. Um, I mean, it's a different set. Uh, it's a it's a different team, like the well being team versus like the branded content team. Um, like in general, I do think with the advent of stories, people are showing more three sixty of their lives, right? That it's like not just the highlights. And if you look at some of like the mega influencers from around the world, like the reason why people resonate with them, whether it's like a Chiara Ferrani in Italy, or uh, there's a Instagrammer in, or there's a blogger in the U.S. named Leandra Medine, Man Repeller, who I like love, um, or there's a German influencer named Caro uh, Dar, D-A-U-R. I'm sure I'm mangling her name, but if you look at the three of them as case studies, like they show like the 360 of their lives. Like if Kiara misses a flight on her way somewhere, it's like you see her missing her flight and being like, "Oh my God, my life!" Like this is like so I'm so frustrated. She's showing all different sorts of emotions. And then Leandra, for instance, um, she's a new mother. Her kids are about one, but the the road to um, becoming a mother for her was was very um, emotional, and she had a lot of ups and downs. And she talked about them on Instagram. And I think that uh, transparency and being showing the highs and the lows and the 360 of your life is really important. Um, I mean, on my personal Instagram, it's like, if I'm sick, I'm not just like pretending that everything's peachy keen. I'm like, I have very bad sinus pressure today. And therefore I will not touch you when you come into the room. Like I do think kind of sharing that is really important when it comes to branded content. Um, we have tools like the branded content, like paid partnership tool for transparency um, as a service, not only for, to the influencer, but also to the followers. But what I find is that when people um, are transparent and they post about like, this is a paid partnership with, I'm just gonna, I don't like, you know, Jurassic Park, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, or with this uh, tea company, it, it just gives people, it, it creates open and honest feedback. And a lot of the influencers that I speak to at least say that they're fault, like they don't see any changes in engagement as long as it's something that they're talking about that their followers know they love anyway. Um, and speaking from a personal perspective, like I wrote a children's book, um, oh my gosh, last year. And I did a clothing line like with the, the children's book. Um, and it was like the first time I've ever, like it was a separate kind of project outside of Instagram. So I was compensated for it and I'm pretty honest about it. And so when I was posting images from that, I of course used the paid partnership with because I want my followers to know like, yes, I love this product. And I talk all the time about products I love organically. Um, but I, you know, this was part of my contract with them, but I designed everything and I love everything. And I didn't really see a really, like, I didn't see a difference at all. Um, and I think my followers appreciated that I was just being like upfront about it. So, um, it's, it's a brave new world, you know, like everyone's figuring it out in, in together. Um, like there are no rules around all these. I mean, there are rules, like there are federal regulations, but in terms of, of influencers figuring out what's right for them, I think everyone's trying to figure it out together. What about the algorithm? Because this is something in my office, obviously we're all fashion journalists and the day even that the feed changed from chronological yes. was a big day for us. We didn't really know what was going on. Everyone was very concerned. And there was a lot of all these brands were kind of sharing posts like, you know, 
put on post notifications for us to make sure you don't miss any content. Right. Why did you make that change? Right, right. So uh, that was a big day for me too. (laughs) Um, I definitely got a lot of feedback that day. Um, So we know that uh, before we changed the the algorithm, um, people were missing 70% of their content. We know this as a fact. Like you were only seeing roughly like one in three posts that people were doing. Um, and that's not because like we were hiding, hiding things. It's just because in the nine, well, Instagram has been around nine years, but we made the change when Instagram was around, I think for about like seven years, like in seven years, you probably started Instagram. And when you joined Instagram, you followed maybe like 30 people or your like absolute favorite brands. That number has blossomed from like 30 to, I don't, how many people do you follow? Maybe 1500. Yeah. And I follow 1500 as well. Like I think most people follow like hundreds, if not thousands of accounts. And I, do you feel like you ever get to the bottom of your feed? No. I literally think I scratched the surface of my feed. And so we made the change so that people will see content from the people, brands or institutions that they love the most. So for me, um, I follow a lot of fashion brands. I follow a lot of models and bloggers, etc. but I also follow, um, you know, my cousin who's a filmmaker in New York, uh, and, um, my best friend from one of my best friends from college who just had a baby. And so even if she only posts once a month, and even if a Kardashian chooses to post like 40 pictures of herself in one day, because I always like my friend Stella's post, she will naturally show up first for me. And so it's literally as simple as making sure that you see content from the people and the things that you care the most about. So um, that's really why we made the change. And we know that like most people are seeing more of the content they care about. Now for the people who say like, well, you know, I, I don't feel like that's the case. I usually ask them a question like, do you, are you liking your cousin? Like, who do you care about? And they're like, I really care about like my ex-boyfriend. And I'm like, are you liking his posts? No, I mean, obviously not. That's an extreme example. <laughs> but in general, it's like if you are liking the posts and engaging the posts, like we will show it to you first. So you do, if you do happen to like like the Kardashians the most or like um, – I just started watching Love Island and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like this is a total aside. If you like all the contestants from Love Island and engage with them, we'll show it to you first. But if there's someone that you're like – guilt following and you never engage with them, like we're not going to show you that person. We're going to show you the people and things you care about. So it's as simple as that. It's who you like the most. It's literally who you are like pressing the heart button on and commenting on. Um, and we do that because we know most people follow hundreds, if not thousands of accounts. I met, um, I was talking with a designer and he told me he follows 8,000 accounts and he's literally like, if you guys didn't have the algorithm, like I wouldn't see like my friends from like home and growing up. And I'm like, that's, that's why we did it. You know? So um, if people are like confused about the algorithm, like there are like the, some of the myths, like we don't hide posts ever. Um, it's literally like, it's just whether you get scrolled down low enough to see them. Um, and, uh, we don't favor any particular kinds of accounts. Like just because someone's verified doesn't mean we show you their content first. It's literally based on engagement. Do you monitor your own screen time? Because this has worked for you. Uh, I don't actually like we did launch a tool that's called time spent. And so in settings, you can see how much time you spent on Instagram Mm. and you can even set like kind of reminders or limits if you want. And that's because like, we want to give you the ability to monitor your time. Um, which like, if you want to do that, you should definitely do that. Uh, and it's a great tool. I don't because, um, 
I don't feel like it feels like work. Like I genuinely use it to like connect with friends and people like the number of DM conversations I'm having right now where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in London. Like me too. Like let's get you sushi tonight. Like I use it. It's like a source of happiness for me because I get to like keep in touch with friends. Um, but, um, I, th- we, we really want to give people the tools to control their use if they want to. Um, and so that's why that tool was invented. Is the Love Island thing, is this a fashion week? guilty pleasure i just started it i'm okay. on like episode like three which, which one are you watching the it's british one the british one yeah i don't think they have one in america yet do I they think so. i think they're making one there's an australian it one is really seen, really really trashy yeah uh-huh. it makes like the bachelor which is an american show literally look like like the bbc yeah. the bachelor, like, they're like handing out roses it's like come sleep in this bed yeah it's like super <laughs> super like it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty bad <laughs> but I love it I haven't gotten to the point where I like know people's names yet though like you know how it takes mm-hmm. you some time like I never try to remember people's names well also if you miss a couple of days it's really hard to catch up yeah you, everything changes you need the drama like it's like a layer cake of drama but I had to start watching it because it's such w- water cooler tv here it's like a thing here right yeah, so it's you like, come into the office because I only watched it for the first time this right. year gone because I'd come into the office every day and everyone would be like oh my god like yeah. it's the first thing just this vent it's and like, like the, missing do you guys have real housewives here no right um I don't it's think anyone watches them it's not like a, in the U.S. it's like a huge thing like the real housewives of New Jersey the real housewives of New York I don't watch them but like I I feel like Love Island is the um, UK equivalent so you said your husband sometimes posts yeah, he sometimes posts. He's not like he posts Instagram a lot husband. in stories. Oh, okay. So he posts stories generally every day. He loves stories. He loves using like, and he's English. Like he loves using stories like with the the music feature because he like really lo- loves music. He is, um, yeah. He he's definitely an intellectual. He posts a lot of quotes from like Darwin, but he's not an Instagram husband. He doesn't really like the people who take my pictures for me. Literally, it's like I give my phone to like a stranger on the street, and it's like hi. <laughs> Like, do you mind taking a picture of me? And most people are very, like, nice about it. Was that a very kind of clear decision that you didn't want him to be an Instagram husband? No, no, no. He just, um, I don't know. It just never, he just, like, I I don't try to enforce my Instagraminess on anyone. (laughs) Um, But uh, he... He likes Instagram. He especially likes stories. Like, he's very entertained by stories, and we're always, like, we DM a lot. What's next for Instagram? I'm sure there are lots of top-secret things that you're not allowed to tell me. Yeah, but. You will get no world exclusives today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what's next for Instagram? I mean, like, there's so many things. Like, even when I think about the last, like, year of Instagram, we launched IGTV, which is, like, brand new. Um and uh, really leaning into the fact that people love video on Instagram. So there's IGTV, which is brand new um, and just really getting started. Um, we have like shopping is huge on Instagram. Like 90 million people have clicked like a shopping tag on Instagram, which is like a lot of people. Is there a certain price point that that really works for? Does it work? No, all it's the like way up it, it literally has works from like beauty brands launching mascara and lip glosses to. I met a designer who's a friend of a friend today. Her name is Jessica McCormack. Mm-hmm. She's like a jewelry designer. Um, I am like I like borrowed one of her rings. I get to wear it for twenty four oh, hours, beautiful. like Cinderella style, before I <laughs> give it back. Um, and I I was having tea with her this morning, and she was like, you know, it's amazing. Like I sell six figures worth of jewelry on Instagram and WhatsApp, like just by posting pictures. And so, um, 
there that's obviously one end of the spectrum diamonds but then like you have you have beauty brands and small businesses who are kind of making their voices heard through instagram like there's a sock designer i met in the u.s who literally like hand crochets socks and it's like she does it on instagram so it's really all levels of business like i'm right now going through this like vintage chanel like vintage chanel phase where it's like i'm literally looking at looking at consignment sites that have like instagrams and like you know, DMing people to be like, Oh my God, can I buy this like vintage jacket for like 300 pounds? It's amazing. It's takes up a lot of time actually. Um, but, um, you know, so there are secondhand sites as well. So it's like, I think every layer of business, um, is available on Instagram. Um, and like even in the last four months, actually, since around Thanksgiving in the U S we've launched so many new tools on Instagram. There's a shopping channel on the explore page. So the explore page, which is that page with the magnifying glass, 200 million people visit that every day. And so now if you click on the shopping explore page, you see shoppable posts from brands that you follow, but also ones that you like might not follow. So I'm served a lot of like vintage kind of consignment pages and like jewelry, um, um, and uh, I get a lot of shoes, which I guess is understandable. Um, and uh, you're able to shop from videos now as well. But um, I think that's going to be like a huge area of investment for Instagram, just because we know that people get their inspiration from to shop from you know influencers and brands on Instagram. And being able to make it more shoppable is certainly something that makes sense. Why do you think Instagram has kind of gone ahead where other social media sites have dropped off or plateaued at certain places? You know, I think that the the great thing about Instagram is that it is this kind of like melting pot of interests, of people, of brands. It's a little bit of everything. And you can, of course, curate your follow, the, who you're following on Instagram to only see one thing, right? To only see if you're interested in gardening, to only see gardening. Or if you're only interested in fashion, to see only see fashion. But most people in the world are multifaceted. Like I follow everyone from models and designers and like dream brands to, you know, my cousins and friends from university and friends from high school and primary school. Um, I really try, like it's, it's, it's a mix of all this different content that people love. Um, and also it's a place where people can, um, show the different sides of their personality as well. And you can learn about someone from their, uh, from their Instagram. So, um, there's that model Adut, uh, who is like the model right now. Um, and it's like following her and, and watching her stories and hearing her refugee story. It's been like so inspiring to me. I've never met her, like putting it out into the universe that I would like to meet her. Do like, I worship you. I would love to meet you. Please let me like buy you tea one day. Um, like, uh, you know, but hearing like different people's stories and seeing her post about her sister and her, her personal story, but that can be alongside, like I follow my high school, like the school I went to in New York city, like being able to see all of it. And I think as, as we are all multifaceted people and to have a platform like Instagram, like reflect that, um, and also help you discover, you know, new business for me. It's like, I love the small business story. I love hearing founder stories like Jessica from this morning and how she got started. And, you know, now she has a store and then like, she showed me her jewelry box that she started designing. It's like one day I would love to buy one of those jewelry boxes where she like hand embroiders it. And to see, you can see that all on Instagram, which I think is pretty amazing. What's next in terms of the influencer? Because it seemed to split. There was a time when there were a lot of people who had quite a big following. Mm -hmm. And now you've got 
either macro influencers who are kind of speaking to a really niche small group of people or you've got mega (laughs) you've got these women who have so many millions of followers Mm -hmm. who you know aren't actresses or singers that they don't have a celebrity outside of instagram right what's next who are we going to be listening to and, and inspired by I mean, I think there's room, there's always going to be room for original voices on Instagram. So whether you are like a micro influencer with like 10,000 followers or 5,000 followers, my cousin actually, who uh, lives here in London, I mean, I've known her since she she was like eight years old. Uh, She's my cousin on my husband's side. And now she is like a micro influencer. And it's so funny because I like, like her posts and I'm like, hey, maybe you should do this on Instagram. She's like, I know what I'm doing, Eva. I'm like, all right. Uh where you could not listen to me. Um, but like, I think there's every level of influencer and, you know, they graduate from phase to phase and they also find different voices and different interests. So I know a lot of influencers who started out as like traditional fashion influencers wearing clothes, talking about their travel. Some of them are interior designers now. Some of them are, um, fashion designers now some of them aren't doing it anymore and they're like writing like people are doing all sorts of different things and so I think every everyone's journey is different um, and there's no one right way to influence so to speak Um, but I also feel like and this is my personal theory but like I also feel like influencer is just like a new word to describe something that's been around a very long time like if you think about i was watching um the movie singing in the rain it's like one of my favorite movies of all time but like debbie reynolds was an influencer like she was endorsing products she was talking about like things that she loved and was the face of all these various brands and back then it was just like you know you were a model or an actress but like I really do think it's always kind of existed. We just have like a catchy phrase for it right now. And they also all talk to different audiences. Like someone might follow an actress for a different reason that they follow someone who like went to university with them and now is like, you know, uh, a food influencer. Like one of my close friends from college is a food blogger now. And it's amazing because like, it's so, it's been so interesting to see her progression. Her Instagram is CY underscore eats. And it's funny because when we, when we, when we were in college together, We used to like, I mean, she was a few years older than me, but I remember when I was a freshman and she was a senior and I went out to eat with her, she took pictures of like all the food she ate. This is like over a decade ago before Instagram existed. And now she literally like, she still takes pictures of all the food she eats. She just posts it and a quarter of a million people follow her and like her pictures of cheesy mac and cheese, extra cheesy mac and cheese. And she was, she, you know, worked at a law firm. She worked in finance, but the ability for someone like Christine, who's always loved food to be able to make it into a career, I think is pretty great as well. Like my cousin, um, I remember the first time I met her, she always loved taking pictures. She was, was studying to be a photographer and now she's like, you know, in control of her own kind of career and like micro influencing away. You're off to um, Burberry next. Mm-hmm. I have the Burberry show and then um, Wales Bonner. Wales Boner? How do you pronounce yes, that? Wales, Wales Bonner. Bonner. You've got a busy done fashion week ahead. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to live in London for a bit. I just, like, love the city. I love the energy. I love the architecture. I love the people. I love boots. Like, I love, like, there's, like, so many things. <laughs> Haggis I crisps. I love... I do not think I will love haggis crisps. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. able to like... You love the idea of them. Perhaps. I love the idea of them and I love the fact that I will bring them back to my husband who eats haggis to let him experience it. I love my cheese and onion crisps. I love the chocolate here. Like I can... It's like I'm literally like 
uh, bubble gum shrimp. I could talk about everything I love, like just <laughs> listing every type of shrimp. Like I can list every flavor of crisp I like. Um, and the chocolate here is delicious. And the tea, I mean, it's just great. I'm well, happy to be here. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. And that's all we've got time for. If you want to comment on anything Eva and I talked about or suggest topics for future episodes, you can email me at unzip at telegraph.co.uk or find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlie Gowans. Also, pick up this Sunday's Stella magazine for a full interview with Eva. Join me in a fortnight to speak to Net-A-Porter's global buying director, Elizabeth von der Goltz, about how she predicts the next big trends and how she got that job. Thanks for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>